welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help to bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the heart or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. This is an episode about less is more and the beauty that comes from taking things away. I'm packing, I'm still packing for our upcoming move that will happen in a week or so. And every day I shave off a little bit more. We're down to two coffee cups, four forks. I have eight pairs of socks in my drawer, eight pairs of underwear, And there's a small stack of books on my dresser. And for me, the books are the last thing. And we've not packed the hats because Matt is very particular about not crushing the hats. Mostly, instead of feeling inconvenienced or overwhelmed, I have felt incredibly light and less distracted. I have appreciated the quality of the eight pairs of socks that I have and I've noticed their texture and their color more than I ever did. And my brain feels like I swept out the dust bunnies. And I've actually been on board with keeping a decluttered home for years. I didn't really need to be convinced of this. This is not new land for me. And I'm actually pretty good at it. But recently I found some hidden glitches in my decluttered matrix, and I wanted to share them with you in case you're in need of some clarity in your life. And of course, as you might expect from me, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know that it's going to be about more than just giving stuff to goodwill and cleaning out your closet, that we're going to find some deeper pathways for this clarity to come. And I'll tell you that I usually mull over the title of these episodes, sometimes for a while before I land on the right name, because it's kind of like the title of a book. It's important that we give names to things and in a conscious way. And how we title things is important because they become that. They become what we title them. And the reason I chose to call today's episode Clarity instead of Decluttering is, one, I like the word better. It's a less cluttered word. I like the way that it sounds, Clarity. And two, more importantly, clarity is what you get when you declutter. It's what you're left with more of. And that is what helps. More space to do the things that matter to you. More room to see people. Like really see people. And then you get more room for your life. That life that you've been really wanting. That one. That life. When you take the unnecessary things away the most precious things float to the top. When you remove the clutter, you have more space for people and ideas and love and health, adventure, and certainly nourishment and rest and fun and play and laughter and shared things things that don't have a box, things that grow when there is space and light. There are a couple of things that I have tended to hang on to long after I should, 
And one is anything that is tied to dead people that I have loved. For years, anything that was Benjamin's or even looked like something he would have loved, I hauled around with my belongings from move to move. And recently, I've started to shed most of that, and I've begun to recognize the sacredness in throwing it away. Most of it, most of those things felt heavy and burdensome. And after a while, of course, I recognized that his spirit was no longer inside of those things and and really never, never was there. And after taking stock, I realized that I didn't even look at those things anymore. I just toted them around and usually put them in the in the back, darker corners of the storage room, wherever I was living. And they had become dusty and heavy and the opposite of vibrant. And so I let them go. And I cannot tell you how light this feels. And speaking of heaviness and lightness and how things can carry energy, one thing that's become really heavy is our living room rug. <laughs> and here's why. It was, it was a disaster from the start. It was kind of expensive. And so the stakes were high right after it was unrolled from the factory. And immediately, almost immediately, the rug started pilling and it looked hairy and sort of dingy and dirty, even though it was clean. And it's still in our living room right now. And every time I look at it, I, I feel sort of sad. And it's begun to represent kind of depression and sadness <laughs> Because we have kept it for way longer than we should have because we paid a lot for it. And so the guilt of that is crystallized into stubbornness. So the rug continues to pill and we continue to look at it every day because we paid a lot for it and we cannot bear to replace it. And it was a mistake. So we, Matt and I, feel guilty. We were sitting there the other day having a drink after the kids were in bed, and we were listening to a record. We were listening to The Lowest Pair, and if you don't know this incredible duo, uh, The Lowest Pair, they're fantastic, especially on vinyl. So we were listening to them, both of us looking down at the sadness, also known as the rug, and Matt said, I can't, I can't believe he said this, he said, let's take it to the new house and put it in the storage room, you know, because it's probably better than just having concrete in the storage room. I just looked at him. No, we are not carrying the the depressive gray and white and yellow and red colored pilled matted version of melancholy and putting it in our bright new space. I just can't. I would rather have pebbles on the floor of my home than this rug because the rug has begun to feel so heavy from the story of it, heavy from the mistake of it. And that's interestingly what some things do and how some things begin to take up space in our homes. They carry stories and they carry choices and they carry what we think other people would say about them. Something like, my grandfather made this from his bare hand, so we have to keep it. Or my mother liked this vase, so I need to display it on the dresser. Or Aunt Maddie loved the color pink, so I definitely cannot give away that pink shirt. And these two glitches, heirlooms and dead people's things, which sometimes overlap, but not always. Oh, and the, and the things that we pay too much for and consider a mistake, that too. 
these are the glitches that I am getting over or trying to. I'm learning to declutter even these things. And those I'm finding are the categories that even Marie Kondo could not help me get over and that I, I had to find my own path because sparking joy, her idea of sparking joy when you hold something in your hand, seems exempt from things you're still carrying around from other people, whether it's the guilt of how much you paid or family or shame or mistaking that someone's life force lies in the fabric of their old shirt or their life force lies in the wood grain of the ugly bookshelf that they had in the hallway when you were little. And another one is we might use it one day. We might need it. Could come in handy. <laughs> this one is omnipresent in my house right now. Let's just take it and we'll just see if it goes somewhere in the house. Nope. I, I am sneaking midnight missions to Goodwill while my family is asleep to avoid the let's wait and see pile. And what I'm finding as everything is mostly sealed up in boxes now, except for the very minimal that we need, is that my anxiety is drastically reducing by the box. And I'm finding that I have inner and outer time to do something else with my brain and my time. The inventory is low and the creative brain space in the, in the house is, is high. And I've found new adventures within the context of my own home because of the lack of clutter. And the spiritual space that it's provided is something that I can feel. I feel more clear. I actually feel the clarity in every single box that I seal. And what this is telling me is that we need way less than we have, than we collect, way less. So much of what we crave, so much of what we think we want is just feeding the greed and the distraction and the big hole that we have in our insatiable spirit to be loved, to belong, to feel like we have a place here, a unique and beautiful place that is just for us. And that's really, I think, what all humans want. And stuff makes that belonging harder, or at least excess stuff. So, of course, we need some things, but I think that we need so much less than we believe. I have played more the past few weeks because I have less stuff out. I have moved my body more the past few weeks because I have less stuff out. And I have found more peace of mind the last few weeks because I have less stuff out. And I've watched my kids be more inventive and more imaginative because we have less stuff out. And I definitely have picked up a book more often the past few weeks because I have less stuff out. The small amount of things that I have left out, I have found a new appreciation for. I've seen it in a new light. I have kept 10 shirts hanging in my closet. And these shirts, we have a pretty small closet in this current house. And these shirts have a lot of space between them. And I can see the color choices. They're not kind of jammed up and packed in. I can see the color choices. And every time I open the closet, I smile. I really love these 10 shirts. And I think I would like to have just them. 
And there's a big part of me, most of me, I re- I really don't even want to unpack the rest because I think that my spiritual clarity depends on it. And here is something really beautiful. When I have missed something that is already packed, it has caused me to have to be creative and all of us in the house to have to be creative for a solution that's unconventional. And I feel more present with less stuff. I feel more awake. And I'm always interested in things that cause me to feel more present and more awake. So I'm paying close attention to this. I ran across and thinking about this and doing a little research, a couple of guys, and they have been around for a while. And um, they did a pretty popular documentary on this and a podcast. And they call themselves the minimalists. And I listened to a few episodes on things that they have to say about minimalism. And they talk about keeping only what adds value. And I love this. Really becoming picky about what things add value to your life. And and I think that value is increased when you can see it. Like those 10 shirts, when it's not hidden away. Like when there's one beautiful bowl to eat out of and you see it regularly and you use it regularly. Because if your cabinets are so packed, even with the most beautiful bowls, the value lessens because you never eat on them. You, you don't even have access to them because they're sort of stacked and packed back there. You never experience them in real time. And then, of course, the value or the love and the savoring of them can't be there because of that. And you don't even experience them at all with your senses if your house is too full for you to remember that you even have them. And it's the same with clothes. You have to be able to see them and choose them in your closet. Otherwise, their value lessens. Another thing these two minimalists talk about is living with intention and having only things around you that are intentional, that are chosen things that are curated and on purpose. And I love this idea. And buying things when you when you do buy something, if you can, by buying very high quality things, things that are sustainable, that will, will wear well and not be disposable, so that you, you don't buy as often and that you can keep things for years is, is ideal. And of course, this conversation very much needs to be couched and and prefaced with privilege because it's it's soaked in privilege this idea of buying quality and not quantity so if we are able to live this way if we're able to buy something that's high quality wonderful it can be a a a real gift but we should always really always check our privilege to do so and use it for good and for raising our own consciousness and those those around us as well. So live by example and always check your privilege at the door. And I am not I'm not a true minimalist and I, I don't I don't plan to be one in the strict sense of the word or in the way that these two men are. Um, but because I, I do love creature comforts and I love certain things around me and near me. I love books and and having multiple pairs of soft pajamas to choose from and and that sort of thing. But I have become very picky about what I keep in my space. And I, I don't just keep adding to the clutter. Um, and, and I'm 
I'm aware too, I think, especially recently of the, of the just in case pile, the heaviness of things, the stories that they carry, the guilt, the narrative, the keepsake boxes. Lately, I've asked myself these questions. Are you looking at them, Buffy? Do they feel light or heavy? Are they giving you light? Are they adding value to your life? Are you even aware and do you remember that you have them? The heaviness of things versus the clarity that comes from the choice to not lug these things around anymore. And also all of this packing and clarity that has come from it has sparked a wondering in me about digital decluttering and what that would look like. Less social media, less groups, less chats, less posting and scrolling, and much, much more curated time. Time that I can fully claim. Time that has clarity and value. And time where I am at full choice rather than filling and distracting myself with screen time that I didn't curate, that I didn't choose. And this, this kind of decluttering, this digital kind, is what's next for me. The stuff in our houses, the actual stuff, is, is easier to track and to throw out. The digital load doesn't seem to leave as much of an obvious trail because, um, you know, it doesn't sit there in our closets and collect dust. But I do think that the digital load is wearing on us, you and me. It's wearing on us and it's making us less sharp. We are duller and not as vibrant not as vibrant as we could be, and we're not as conscious as we could be. So these things are next, less in my inbox, less on my queue to read or to skim, less to subscribe to. And some questions I've asked myself this week are what adds value to my day and what is not helping or even harming that I could take away? And another really potent question is, what is making me sad without even realizing it? The clarity that's left over from this kind of cleanse, this kind of decluttering, if you choose to consider it for yourself, I think will surprise you. And it will give you more strength for the people that you love and the people we love and the adventures that are tugging at us. They are the ones that are worth tending to. Those are the things that fill the holes and that make us vibrant. The stuff, the things that we think are going to fill our holes and make us less lonely only adds to our burden. So my suggestion is to start breaking up with the heavy things and begin to give it away And track your heart as you do it. And notice your heart potentially getting lighter as you offload. It's really noticeable how peaceful you will feel. And it's worth it just for that. The most ordinary day will feel like it has more room in it. Okay. I'm adding something today to this podcast. And I hope... It's, it's valuable um, to add this to the tail end. I hope that you will like it. 
I want to give you three things that I love this week, things that add value and goodness. And this is separate from the weekly theme. And it's kind of totally off topic, but a sweet little way that I can give you recommendations for things that I love and things that are helpful. P.S. I'm in no way getting paid to endorse these things. Um, They have just landed in my lap and I want to share. So this week, my loves are leeks, (laughs) leeks, um, the vegetable. I have been sort of craving leeks. And um, a lot of people, I think, don't quite know what to do with them. But leeks are super rich in vitamin K, and they contribute to healthy eyes. Leeks are anti-inflammatory, and they're packed with antioxidants. Um, so there's lots of ways to prepare them, but I actually like them really, really simple. The first thing you have to do when you buy leeks is that you have to wash them really well because they get kind of muddy in the middle. And sometimes you can miss the mud because they're sort of like the mud's nestled in the different layers. So don't skip this step. You cut off the the hard green top and like really um, wash good in between the layers and you cut them up. And once they're clean, toss them with salt and pepper and olive oil and spread them out on a pan and roast them at about 400 degrees. And I don't really know how long. You just have to watch because you don't want them to get too burnt. Um, But you want to cook them till they're kind of crispy. And I just eat them as a snack, like a bowl of chips, bowl of leeks. But you can sprinkle them on stir fries and uh, just use them as a side dish. Um, And they're just delicious and they're so full of vitamins. So that's my vegetable offering this week is leeks. My second love this week, and I mentioned it earlier, but I want to reiterate, is the Lois Pear. They're a musical duo, a man and a woman, and they're just breathtaking. They're harmonies. My favorite song that they sing is called Rosie, and it's on the album Sacred Sessions, but I really love all of their work, especially on vinyl, the Lois Pear. My last love of the week is Ted Lasso. Um which is my favorite show currently. It's just funny and heartbreaking and witty and tender and all the rainbow of emotions, good writing, really smart writing, and really human um, tenderness all rolled into 30 minutes. So watch it. So, so good. Ted Lasso. That's it. I love you all. I so appreciate your support. Um, I want to leave you with Joan Didion today. Joan Didion says... Life changes in the instant, the ordinary instant. So write to me and tell me what you've enjoyed about these podcasts. Always send me your questions. Take care of yourself. Take care of one another. You can find information about The Minimalist in the show notes as well as information about how to become a patron of this podcast. Um, If you do become a patron of the podcast, just know that you get a bonus episode each week which is a corresponding practice, a physical practice to, um, to match the storytelling episode. So like for this week, I'll do a little uh, physical practice that's related to clarity. And it's short and sweet. It's a little gift that you can just move your body with and kind of apply these lessons um, physically inside your body. So thanks for considering becoming a patron. I so appreciate each of you. 
and I hope you have a beautiful day.